0: Welcome back to be the sought after entrepreneur podcast. This is episode number 15. And I'm your host, Catherine Thompson. Holy macaroni, I cannot believe we've already recorded and published 15 episodes. Feels like yesterday that we were just launching this to the world. So I'm so thankful as always, when you tune in each and every week, let me know how you're liking it, what you're liking your biggest takeaways. But I also want you to know, We're just getting warmed up over here at Be The Sought After Entrepreneur Podcast. I have an amazing lineup of guests this coming fall, as well as an amazing list of solo shows that I cannot wait to record and share with you all because it's content that I haven't shared before. So be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss when those episodes drop. They drop each and every Tuesday. Before we dive in, though, I want to give a big shout out to one of our listeners of the week. Michelle wrote, loving this podcast, binging all the episodes. Love the perspective and energy, so inspiring. Thank you, Michelle, for taking the time to leave a review. As always, my goal is to offer different perspectives and ways of thinking about things, and not from a right or wrong perspective, but just offering different perspectives. One, to empower entrepreneurs to create a business on their own terms, to trust their own inner knowing and intuition to make the right decision, to give them the right direction or steps to take, and two, to really give them permission to ditch, like I say, the cookie cutter, one-size-fits-all approach to business, sales, marketing, success, life. I always talk about that ripple effect that you know the content that I'm sharing has with people. I've heard people tell me that. My audience has told me that of how it's started to have this ripple effect, not only in business, but also in life. And that is really what I'm here to do is offer different perspectives that just have you thinking in a different way, or maybe shifting that perspective for you so that it's more in alignment with what you want to do in your business. I love reading every review that comes in. So please don't forget to leave one as it helps me know my message is resonating with y'all, but it's also helping you. Plus, I love shouting out my listeners of the week. Now, I'm super excited for today's guest, Jenny Sharp, to share with you how to strengthen your intuition and tap into your feminine energy. She's an inner goddess coach who helps soulpreneurs activate their goddess and leave fear behind. Now, you might be wondering, what the heck does inner goddess mean? Don't worry, Jenny breaks it down at the start of this episode. She also gives very practical tips for how to strengthen your intuition and tap into that feminine energy. If you're like me, you ignored that gut feeling, intuition, and being in tune with your body for a long time. And if you're an entrepreneur who has stepped into this business world, but you're really doing your soul's work, you didn't start your business because you wanted to make a ton of money or climb these big ladders or whatever it might be that you actually started your business because you love what you do, and you're really freaking good at it. And so the masculine driven approach to business feels really icky to you. What Jenny wants to help people do is really find that balance between masculine and feminine. So really tapping into that feminine energy. And again, if you're like me, you probably ignore that gut feeling. You ignore your intuition, being in tune with your body for a really long time that you forgot how to tune into it. Well, I promise Jenny is going to help you on this episode, get back to a place where you can start listening to yourself again. Sounds amazing, right? So without further ado, let's welcome Jenny to the show.
1: After generating over a million dollars in sales and selling one of her businesses with a single email, your host, Katherine Thompson, takes an unconventional approach to marketing and sales. So, if you're ready to tap into a more powerful way to be seen, heard, and a sought-after entrepreneur in your industry without having to spend endless hours marketing your business and chasing clients, you're in the right place. Be the sought-after entrepreneur podcast is here to help you ditch the cookie cutter, one size fits all approach to marketing and use your unique energy to effortlessly attract the most aligned clients. When you do this, you can spend less time marketing your business and more time doing your soul work and enjoying the richness of your life. Welcome to Be the Sought After Entrepreneur Podcast. And here's your host, Katherine Thompson.
0: Hey, hey, I am super stoked to have Jenny Sharp on the show today to talk about intuition and tapping into your feminine flow. Two really big topics I think are under talked about in the business or entrepreneurial space. And so I'm so excited to have you on today to chat about that. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to you, Jenny, to share with us and our listeners what your business is, what you do and who you serve.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, Catherine, for having me on. I'm so excited. So yeah, again, I'm Jenny Sharp. I live in the Portland, Oregon area. And I am an inner goddess coach. My business really helps soulpreneurs ignite their authentic inner goddess. And, you know, inner goddess might seem like a confusing term for some people as to what it is. You might be more familiar with the soul self or the higher self. Yeah, so the authentic part is a really important piece to me. Again, not being, you know, super into this ethereal, perfect. It's not about that at all. It's really about tapping into really what's authentic to you, your soul, your heart, and not getting bogged down by the programming we have as humans that we've picked up over the years because a lot of women in their business fall victim to this fear of failure. That's where I really like to help and serve women is overcoming this fear of failure so that they can thrive and they can tap into you know the inner guidance that they already have. A lot of times entrepreneurs are looking for I need the perfect strategy. You know, I just need this or that or the one perfect thing. And a lot of times you already know what you need to do. A lot of my clients already have a whole checklist they've written out of things they need to do and they just aren't doing it and they don't seem to know why they're not doing it. So it's, you know, really helping them tap into their, you know, inner goddess to help guide them to feel empowered and to, you know, really do some healing work to get over that fear of failure, wherever that stems from. The, I have a few principles that guide my coaching. I call it the ABC me method. So it includes aligned action, balance, connection, magical mindset and embodiment. So those are the things that kind of help guide my coaching. And those are the areas I like to make sure we're touching on that I find you know really important for women to really thrive and get really amazing momentum in their business. My work is very holistic. So it tends to also incorporate, you know, healing past wounds. We do some energy work. I'm a Reiki practitioner as well as an EFT practitioner. So it, you know, includes mindset, some strategy, but really looking at, you know, your whole life, not just your business, because your business is just a piece of it.
0: Yeah. And I love that you kind of expanded on what that sort of inner goddess is and really talked about the authentic piece of it and not really striving for perfection. Because I think, like you said, we can fall into that whole need to be perfect, to show up perfect in some way that's usually conditioned out in the world, the world telling us what we need to do. And the Be the sought After Entrepreneur podcast is really all about like i said ditching the cookie cutter one size fits all marketing strategies and really tuning into who you are and what you are and and finding what's aligned to you so i love that you know we're going to we're going to dive a little bit more deeper into sort of the whole intuition and feminine flow because i think again it it will really help our listeners and i and i do feel like it's an underserved or under talked about topic in the entrepreneur space cuz we're so used to that sort of masculine driven push, force, go out and get. And so I'm really excited yeah, to dive in more. So in terms of intuition and feminine flow, as I mentioned, I don't think it's glamorized as much as it should be in the entrepreneurial space. So I'm excited to dive into this topic with you. But first, share with our listeners why you believe this should be glamorized in the business space.
2: Well, kind of like you said, business has long been dominated by men. And so it's when women have, you know, started coming more into that space. It's more like, we're entering their world and their roles in the way that kind of it's always been done. Instead, I think we need, you know, and it's not that either is bad, the feminine or the masculine, we really need to like have a revolution in balance of using both. A lot of times female entrepreneurs come into the business space and they're, you know, getting cues from, you know, male gurus, and it's a very much hustle grind, get it done you know, no pain, no gain, achieve at all costs. And it can feel very cold, impersonal, sometimes spammy. And I think a lot of women find it counterintuitive. And so then they think business isn't for them. When they think that business isn't for them, you know, I a lot of times hear, well, I just like doing my thing, the thing that, you know, I'm good at that I built my business for, but I don't like the businessy part. And I really think that a lot of that just comes from, um, them approaching business from this masculine energy of you know trying to push and achieve and get you know everything done that they can in this certain time frame, but really you can you know start looking at business a little different. You know, like you work a lot with copy and marketing, and that really has to do with getting your message out there and sales calls are really just, you know, conversations seeing if you're a good fit with somebody and you know the same way we all would operate in the real world versus virtual it's really just about people being able to find you and so that they can find your service and we can really just strip it down to how we interact and just being more creative with it it doesn't you know have to be this business thing that We hate and we don't want to do because I hear that a lot. I don't like sales. I don't, well, you should like sales. Sales make you money, (laughs) you know? Uh, But we're just have this like, we're not looking at it from the right perspective. And it really causes burnout. Yeah. It causes women to push themselves too far, men too, of course. And yeah, I would love to see a revolution in balance as far as these energies where, like, so where you respect your flow, but you still get things done and you achieve where you're tapping into your intuition, but you can still go off script and not just do what a guru said because that's what they said. So, you know, if it feels kind of gross to you, it's probably not for you. It's not the way that you should be doing business, but we shouldn't get that confused with fear. Sometimes we, you know, And that's where you kind of have to start deciphering and dig deep. Like, do I not want to do this because this isn't aligned with my business and authentic to me? Or do I not want to do this because I'm scared of being visible and vulnerable? But I really do believe that this should be more glamorized. It should be more normal to have a balance with, you know, achieving as well as flow, masculine and feminine.
0: Yeah, you've touched on some really great topics because I think, or points here in terms of the balance piece, because I do not want our listeners to think that the masculine or the masculine way of doing business is bad, right? Because it isn't. We do need the strategy. We do need some structure. We do need some of that in balance with our feminine flow. And the other really awesome point that you touched on is that whole thing of mistaking fear for what we feel is in alignment. Do you have any tips or things you can share with the listeners of like how they can decipher between the two, between fear and whether it's in full alignment.
2: I mean, I honestly, it's going to be dependent on the person, you know, it's going to take some introspection and there's different ways of doing that. You know, whether you meditate or you journal or, and you need to talk it out with somebody else, it's really about feeling into it. And I'm a very feely intangible energy type person And it can also help to have, you know, someone else guide you through the process and sometimes call you on your bullshit. But (laughs) sometimes it's something that you can just kind of feel inside of you when you really take a minute to pause. You know, do I not want to do this because it seems like it's not me, like it's not going to serve my client is there another way i could do this have i seen someone else do it different is it, you know am i being called to do it you know in a different direction so it's kind of like which way the direction is flowing am i actually being called in a different direction or am i being pulled backwards because of fear
0: yeah awesome yeah i think that's a i mean a great response in terms of like what they can even start to do and the whole feeling into our body i think Again, one of the big, you know, missions I'm on is helping people really tune into their body, especially when it comes to creating a message and writing copy, because I think again, it's like there's these templates and scripts out there that People struggle with because they're like, I just don't feel like it sounds like me, or this, I wouldn't say things this way, or I just wouldn't actually send, you know, 14 emails to somebody to get them to buy my thing. It just doesn't feel like me. And so, again, I think it, you know, tuning into your body is a big one, that whole sort of like grounding in that like gut feeling. Right. And I think that's partly that driving force of intuition, like how do we strengthen that intuition? Because I think a lot of people, again, we make decisions from our brain, um, from like, I say, the shoulders up, right? We're in that thinking brain and we need to sort of drop into into the body more. So what is feminine flow and can men tap into this feminine flow?
2: Men can absolutely tap into it. So the masculine is usually seen as a very doing energy, schedules, productivity, you know, go get it done. And the feminine energy is really more about being receptive. And so I would say that this feminine flow is really just responding to the moment and going from there. So we can have as many schedules as we want, as many to-do lists as we want. You can also flow through it. So it doesn't have to be one or the other where you're, you know, completely unstructured and, you know, just trying to wing it. But we also don't have to be slaves to a schedule or, you know, a checklist or a to-do list. So as an entrepreneur, we came into this for freedom. And I find that, you know, being a slave to a schedule or a certain way of doing things that, you know, isn't freedom So being, you can be receptive to our mind, you know, if you're finding that you're really distracted and you're not getting things done, a lot of people think, well, I just need to sit here and get it done because I need to get it done. But really you're kind of trying to force the answer there. And you're kind of in the problem mindset and you're distracted. You're not going to get it done anyway. So go do something else, you know, whether it has to do with your business or not, go do something else. And in the movement of doing something else, that's usually where the the answer comes anyway. I find a lot of business ideas flow when I'm out on a walk or driving my car or listening to music. (laughs) You know, they don't come when I'm, you know, sitting at a laptop trying to force a solution. We can also be receptive to our bodies. I find that that's one that a lot of women try to ignore. A good little acronym is HALT. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And so, you know, whenever you're agitated, you can kind of, you know, okay, are any of these things happening right now? Do I need to address something that is going on with me right now, especially in my body, as far as, you know, like being hungry or tired. Yeah, And a lot of women don't take the time to rest or, you know, even just take, you know, the me time or the family time. As far as being receptive to your energy, sometimes you're being called to do other work. So you might have it like on your to-do list that I need to get this done today. But, you know, your soul is kind of calling, no, the other work is over there. And, you know, if it kind of keeps coming up, then you should have the freedom to go and follow it. And you really just follow the next right thing. The next thing that either lights you up or the next thing that you kind of just have this little, like, sometimes you can just ask yourself, what is the next right thing? And you just have an answer pop in your head and you just know, okay, I need to go do that. It's really about following what's best for you because yeah. what's best for you is what's best for your business. And I hear a lot, well, I don't want to do that because that, I'm not being productive in my business, but you actually are. Yeah. I find that this idea of productivity, you know, has to be limited to tasks is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. By
2: filling your own cup, by having a life you enjoy, by doing things that are creative, spending time with your family, resting, all those good things. That is making you more productive in your business. That is productive because it's filling you up and it's giving you the energy to actually work on your business. You're not going to have the best business ideas if you're just, you know, exhausted all day. You're not going to do your best work if you, you know, are missing out on a family function. That's actually something I heard in a Facebook group. Somebody was asking the question, how do you deal with a spouse who doesn't support you? My spouse doesn't support me in how I need to work on my business because he's really mad that I won't go to lunch with him and my son. And there was a bunch of people, you know, who responded with like, well, why doesn't your husband support you? And that's not okay. And, and, you know, there's a very quick, like, yeah, you know, you need support and you should just get rid of him kind of idea yeah. versus there was a couple of people saying, wait, why, what's the problem with going to lunch with your husband and son?
0: Yeah.
2: Isn't that part of the life you want? So I really like to look at things very holistically as your life as a whole, you know, building your business, how you want it to be from the start. If you yes. want to have lots of vacation time, if you want to have family time, me time, uh, you know, whatever is important and whatever you value, you should be doing that from the start and not putting it off. So if you know, you want to be someone who can have lunch with their husband and son, then why aren't you doing that right now?
0: And what's the cost of not doing that, right? What's the cost of not going for lunch with your husband and son? Eventually those relationships are going to be impacted, right? And I know, again, you touch on some really excellent points here when it comes to sort of that feminine flow. And one thing that I've always struggled with, because I was super male Masculine dominated in business. When I first stepped into entrepreneurship, probably through my whole corporate career. And it wasn't until, you know, I burnt out and completely crashed that I started to realize that I needed to find balance in what I was doing in terms of tapping more into the feminine. And I share this story a lot with people. When I was doing my master's degree and I was sitting to write my book. I literally sat and forced myself for a month to write, and I couldn't write. Nothing came to me. Nothing was coming. I sat at a computer. I just kept taking time off work to write this book. And it was my thesis advisor was like, you need to get away from your computer, like get up, walk away. And now it's a huge thing I teach when it comes to messaging and copy, because I see so many people struggling with what I call the writer's block. And to me, that's just creative block. It could be if you sat down to paint or you sat down to do anything creative, which I think business in a lot of ways is a creative endeavor. So it's not always just sitting at a computer, checking things off a to do list. Yes, there is something productive in that for sure. But if you're blocked and you don't have the energy, you're tired, you're hungry, you're not fueling yourself again, a big one for me was I never fueled myself when I own my brick and mortar. Like I just skipped meals, didn't even go to the bathroom. I mean, that's a big sign right there. I didn't have to go to the bathroom while well, I'm not drinking enough water, I'm not fueling myself. And so I think lots of people get caught up in that, especially in the entrepreneurial space, for sure, they get caught up in doing, 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 doing without the rest without the breaks. And again, you touched on a really good point of like, starting from the beginning, what you want your business to look like? What are the things you want? What does Freedom look like to you, right? What are the things that freedom looks like? Because if you are strapped to a computer, strapped to a phone, and you're not getting out, having lunch with your husband and son, going on vacation and doing the things that you want to do, then it is not freedom. So you've got this business that isn't, might be working in the interim, but it's not going to be sustainable long term, because eventually that's going to catch up to you in terms of not being fulfilled or happy or or whatnot which is exactly what happened to me in my brick and mortar. And hence why we ended up selling it because it just wasn't in alignment with the life I wanted to live. So again, you touched on some amazing points there, but how can then entrepreneurs, both male and female, strengthen their intuition? And I know you've touched on a bit of like that introspection of asking questions, but are there any other ways in which people can kind of tap into that intuition or strengthen it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I spent the past few years really tapping more into my intuition and kind of following it blindly, and nothing's exploded in my face yet. So <laughs> honestly, everything's in the body. You can feel it all in the body, and everything is energy, including thoughts and feelings. They all have a vibration to them. And I mean that that's science. Like rocks have a vibration to them. Like yeah. <laughs> the most inanimate of yeah. <laughs> objects has a vibration to it. And so with these energies, your body responds to it. And it is like, are you listening to it or not? Because a lot of people go and, you know, they ignore how they feel or what they think, or they just let themselves spin out in confusion. One of the things that I use is my chest, how things feel in my chest. Because, you know, if you start thinking of like a really happy, good memory, you just have this really... Easeful, nice. And if you think of something scary and bad, and like you could feel your chest starting to contract and not feel very good. So that's something that you can work on is, you know, what does a yes feel like? What does a no feel like? What does the truth versus a lie feel like? You know, and I like to use my in my chest and heart area that for me, that's the most obvious space. So, that's something that you can just practice. Like, you can practice saying something that is truth and saying something that is a lie, saying something that, you know, is that you really do respond to in a joyful way and something that you respond to in, you know, a more fearful way. And how do they feel in your chest? Another thing that I like to incorporate is muscle testing. And you can do that with a pendulum. I like to use myself as a pendulum. So, if you just kind of stand straight up and down, And you can kind of close your eyes if you want or not. And you just, you would start by, you know, what's a yes and what's a no. You would say a true statement. My name is Jenny. And if you notice, your body kind of ends up falling forward even slightly. And the more you do this, the more obvious it gets. And then you would say something that is false and you kind of feel your body falls backwards. And you can play with it. Like I've tried to like fake it or can I get it to go the other way? Yeah. But it's generally pretty spot on. And so that is something that you know it's it's not really something you can use to like predict the future or anything, but you can use it to test and see where your body and you know kind of soul are at with it right now in this moment. And so that can kind of help you sometimes decipher like, you know, why am I doing this? Am I you know, kind of like that where we were talking about earlier, am I responding to fear? or am I you know actually not in alignment with this? Yeah, you could test things that way. Also, you know, meditation. And I'm someone who likes to just go meditate. I find a space in my mind, you know, like an image, a place I like to go be and to just ask and, you know, let an answer flow into my head. And I think a lot of people think that, you know, listening to the universe or to God, their higher power or something is going to be this outside of them, like they're going to hear it through their ears. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of what comes to me, no, it it comes through your mind. It's filtered through you and it might still be, it is probably in your voice and your thoughts, but you kind of realize that's not a normal thought that I would have. This is new. Yeah. (laughs) You know, this is coming to me in this moment. So when you ask yourself, you know, for, you know, a question you have and you want to follow your intuition on it, You can ask in a meditative state, or you can just kind of sit quietly and ask, and what kind of pops up? Now, I do want to differentiate because sometimes people say the first thing that pops up is is your subconscious, and that's what you should go with. Yeah. But sometimes I notice that the thing that pops up first isn't quite right because it feels too jumpy, almost like my thoughts threw it in there. Uh, Almost like, nope, I'm throwing this out. No, 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 no almost like very opposite of what it ends up, you know, intuitively being so, so you kind of have to just feel it out for a second, because I feel like the one that, you know, is your intuition, it comes to you in a very calm, peaceful way, the one that kind of just sits with you, you go, ah, yes, that one. So if it kind of just the first thing that jumps out at you, and it kind of feels almost like abrupt, you know, just kind of ask again, and see if, I mean, if it comes up again, okay, maybe that is the right answer. I was just really excited. Um, (laughs) or, or was it, you know, just your mind kind of jumping to what it wants to say and, or not, but another amazing thing that never seems to be wrong is to just follow the thing that's lighting you up. To follow what excites you, what is bringing you joy, what's kind of been on your mind. I've always wanted to go do this. I've, you know, lately I've been thinking a lot about that and I should go figure this out. And this is something Elizabeth Gilbert talks about a lot in Big Magic. Yeah. And it just, I think it started with her just like deciding to garden and from gardening, she ended up researching stuff that, you know, ended up in her writing a new book and you just never know where things are going to take you. But when you feel that, you know, excitement, a lot of people think that's, you know, trivial or how is that connected to business and productivity and getting things done? But that's, you know, really your body giving you, it's almost like a I don't a warning system, but like an alarm system that ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Like you literally have an internal, you know, yep, that's the, go do that. Ding, ding, ding. But we, a lot of times, you know, don't want to follow it because of some programming in our mind that we have that that's not logical. But it's already there, and you know, I really, honestly feel that you know we're here as humans to be curious, to explore, to enjoy. And why wouldn't want? Why wouldn't you want to follow what excites you the most?
0: Right? Yeah, and I love the book Big Magic. I remember reading that and like devouring it. I think in in a day because I do think the lack of trust in ourselves is a thing that stops us from like pursuing. These I call them nudges or cues or warning system. Ding ding ding! Right of like the thing to follow, and oftentimes it doesn't make sense, and that's why we hold ourselves back. I was recently sharing with a client. I said, you know, one of the things that I've started to do is like just I ask the universe or I ask you know source or whatever surprise me, just surprise me. This is the goal I'm I'm setting, but now surprise me with the path in which I need to take to get there. Exactly. Lots of times it doesn't seem logical. And it's like, well, that doesn't seem like a logical path because it's not a script or strategy that somebody else has written or it's not something that's being proven already, that sort of thing. And so I love that it's it's really getting curious too, right? Is being having that imagination and that curiosity of like, why am I being pulled in that direction? And it's so true. Why wouldn't we follow the thing that excites us or lights us up the most? Like, why would we hold back from that and do the things in business maybe that we hate? And you did mention that a lot of people you talk to say they they don't like sales or they're not really liking their business. And a lot of clients that come to me say the exact same thing. They're just like and they're predominantly women that I work with. And they say, I just hate the whole business side of things like I didn't get into business to do business, I got into business to do the thing that I love to do, whether they're, you know, fitness trainers, or they're coaches or consultants, and the level of expert area that they're in, and they just, they just did not get into it to run the business or do the business side of things. But I'm like, you can make business fun. And I think that this really tuning into that intuition, tapping into that feminine flow, or finding the balance between the two masculine and feminine, is really the ticket to yeah, making business fun again, or making business fun in general, making sales, marketing, whatever it is, fun. So what would you like to see change in the industry? Like what's something in the industry that you don't like, or you don't agree with, or you feel like is the thing that's, you know, blocking people from achieving success in their business? What would you like to see changed? So
2: what I would like to see changed is that this idea that business success is more important than, you know, even just life success. That business success has to be done in a certain time frame. I know when I first started coaching, I had this very panicked feeling. I need to get this done immediately. I need to be making money and getting clients in the next 4 months or <laughs> it's not going to work. And I don't know why I thought that. Like I was still working a job. You know, I was financially okay but you know i was very desperate to get out of my job but i put all this pressure on myself to make it work and amazingly enough the universe showed me the opposite i then got very sick i had no energy for my business at all and i took an entire year off amazingly enough i came back to it a year later and i think i the fear was that with every other thing that i've kind of followed throughout my life as That might be a good career for me. Oh, I'll do this for now. They never worked out. And that always, you know, left me feeling very scared. And I was worried I was never going to find the thing that lit me up, the thing that I felt like, you know, am I just romanticizing this idea that I was put on this earth to do something, you know, that isn't there more to life than this? And I was, you know, really scared, like, maybe there isn't, maybe it is just working a low paying job you know, that I have no interest in doing so that I can take, you know, one week off a year and go travel. So instead of, you know, that whole thing, I found that I did come back to it once I felt better with, you know, in my health and my mental health and my energetic health, it was still the thing that drew me back. Yeah. I still, I was like, oh man, I do want to get back to coaching. I do love it. It didn't disappear. So within this idea that like things have to happen in a certain timeline, that's not true. It's not going away. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I've actually listened to one of your podcast episodes where you talked about kind of like having a little bit of financial savings before you just jump in because then it causes the desperation and you don't want that in your business. Totally. Totally. And a lot of people think that they just see somebody and they go, man, they must have had overnight success. Overnight success isn't real. No, (laughs) it isn't. That's just from the outside observer. The outside observer might see overnight success, but you didn't see, you know, the ears of this person, you know, doing personal development work, you know, thinking on this idea and not doing it, you know, all these things that had to happen for them to become successful. And honestly, just no achievement is ever going to make you happy. You know, they talk about how actors, one of their most depressed times is sometimes the day after they win an Academy Award. Yeah. It's like you achieved the big thing. Now what? Totally. So instead of looking for just these ideas that we have of what business success is, um, instead, how can we look to what am I, you're always going to be hungry for more, but you shouldn't just be hungry for achievements. You know, how can I reach more people or how, you know, what other, maybe you're a coach and you do a certain type of coaching and program. Can I collaborate with somebody else and do another program? You know, that's where the feminine flow comes in, Is you yeah. know, so instead of just focusing on like Honestly, monetary is really where a lot of business success people think like that is just business success
1: is monetary.
2: There's a huge thing out there right now for 10 K months. And I see that everywhere. And it's not a bad thing. I don't want to say money isn't bad. Wanting to make more money isn't bad, but doing it for the sake of making money to decide that you are then successful isn't real. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah, having a 10K month, that would be awesome. That would be, you know, a great next step for you. But let's say the next month you didn't have a 10K month. What if you made 2000 less, obviously, if you're still like financially in a good place for you, you made 2000 less, but you enjoyed it more. What if, you know, letting that extra 2000, wherever, you know, it took you to make, you had more time with your family, you had more time to work on your own personal development or your spirituality, you had more me time, you know, whatever something else that might be bringing you more joy and creativity, which is going to make you more productive in your business anyway, which we already talked about. Totally. Like how much value are you putting on money? Money is not the only thing that is valuable. And then, you know, after 10 K months, you know, then the other thing I see a lot is, are you stuck at 10 K (laughs) months? don't you want to have $30,000? <laughs> it's like, of course, of course, we want to keep growing and expanding. But it, you know, is it keep hanging at being hung out there like a carrot in front of us. like Totally. Oh, crap. I'm making 10k. Mo- I thought this is where I was supposed to be. Oh, all the people that I follow are actually making 30k months. I guess I'm not as good as them. I guess I'm not as successful as them. I better figure out how to make 30k. And that's okay. Obviously, you know, we want to make more money and grow and, you know, automate our business so that we're not having to do everything ourselves and whatnot. But um, it's not the only thing that's going to make you happy. It's not the only thing that's valuable. You know, you can reinvent your idea of success and, you know, really just stay staying hungry for the next thing, but also enjoyment and, you know, being happy. You know, really just being happy. The money doesn't actually bring you happiness. It can create experiences for you that, you know, cause happiness, but it's not the only thing that's valuable.
0: Yeah. And again, touching on some really great points is like, it's not bad to want to strive to achieve things, but, you know, and it's, it's a story that I share often with people as well as like, even at the height of my career and the height of my achievements, I wasn't happy. I remember, you know, finding out I was graduating at the top of my class and my master's degree, I had published this book, I had traveled to the Philippines, I had experienced these amazing things. And at the height of that, I was like, now what, like, I never really reveled in what that meant, or, you know, even the stopping for a moment to be grateful for having the experience and opportunities that I had. And, and I've now shifted away from that because of the fact that, like you mentioned, you know, having Oscar winners, literally being so depressed the day after, because the thing that you're chasing isn't the thing that's going to bring you happiness. That money goal is great. Like you said, it it affords you maybe an opportunity to have experience and stuff like that. But again, you touch on another really great point because it's kind of how I've built my last year. I worked four years like crazy on massive burnout with no holidays, no breaks, no nothing, which is not the life I wanted to live. And then I launched twice and had these really great launches. And then I decided to just work intimately one-to-one with people. And I remember a coach who's no longer a coach saying to me, well, you need to be doing more though. We need to get you to those, you know, 50, 30K, 50K months. And I was just like, but what if I want to take the year... And make enough money to live, financially be okay and live, but make my own schedule. Go on the trips I want to go on. Wake up in the morning and have a cup of coffee. Don't start work till noon if I don't want to. And that's what I've done for the last year. It's probably the first year in my entire life of existing as an adult, having to work, basically, you know, that I've been able to take a year and just do what I wanted to do. And I've loved it. And so that I think that's the biggest takeaway is like, it's about being happy. And it's about loving what you do. And if you don't love it, you can change it, right? And being able to pivot and go a different direction if you want to. But the money isn't the thing that defines the success. And yet business is so much on that financial measurement, right? And even our brick and mortar. I mean, we were financially successful, but I was miserable. And everybody in the business was miserable, (laughs) So, what's the point? Right? What's the point of it?
2: (laughs) Exactly. If you don't have time to spend this money, what is the point? Also, like you said, you know, having the freedom to do what you want. And I totally believe that a lot of entrepreneurs and the women that I want to work with are following something that they feel like is their soul work that they were put on this earth to do. That soul work is not a job. Yeah. You know, the entire idea of following that life is to actually get away from a job so why are we creating more of this pressure and work style that is similar to having a job you might as well just go back to having a job because there is almost no risk there you just are banking a lot of your time for a salary it's kind of ends up being the same you're banking your time for a salary for money you don't have time to spend and you're not happy so (laughs) you might as well you know like actually enjoy what you're doing and the work that you're doing and that really is where the feminine is you know you said you were you were taking the trips but you were just doing 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 I'm marking the things off that look like a dream life yeah (laughs) that's the masculine the feminine is receiving yeah so that's actually taking the the moment the moment to stop and enjoy it and to live in it how much can I receive right now? How much joy can I receive? Oh shoot. Do I feel the breeze that's on me? Do I hear the chatter of the people, you know, seeing the sun glisten on the ocean? Am I actually enjoying this or am I just taking the photos to prove that I was here?
0: Yeah. And it's so interesting that you say that because recently we went camping in Northern Saskatchewan, there was like no cell service, nothing. And that first night we were there, I was like, oh my God, look at the sunset. And I was like, oh my God, look at the it glistening on the water. And then the Northern Lights came out. I was like, oh my God, the Northern Lights. And my one friend was like, are you high? And I'm like, yeah, on life. He's like, have you ever been camping before? And I was like, I have. But for the, again, I think a big first time in my life, you know, I really was like, disconnected from my phone and from work. And I literally was just taking it all in. And I started to notice things that I probably wouldn't have taken the time to notice. And that's exactly
2: where the magic is, is in the moment. All the magic is in this moment. It's in you. Are you just tuning into it or not? And one of the most amazing things about being a human is the wonder. Yes. One of my favorite books is called How to Be Here by Rob Bell. And he talks about this experience he had where he, you know, likes to live his life in wonder and his friend was with him and they were going to go surfing and they're driving by the ocean. And he's saying, oh man, do you see it? Yeah. That's the ocean. Yeah. And he lives by the ocean. So it's not like a, you would think it's not like a thing. And, and his friend is like, yeah, I see it. It's the ocean. And a few years later, his friend comes back to him and says, I get it now. Yeah it's really just having that wonder, oh my gosh, I get to be here. I get to be here." be here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so beautiful. I know we've touched on success and business success, but what is Jenny's definition of success?
2: My definition of success is kind of layered. It's kind of a few different things. Again, am I following what's calling me? Am I following what's lighting me up? How am I showing up to serve others? You know, am I being useful to other people? Within my, you know, soul's work, or am I just trying to do the thing? Having the courage to keep going, even when it's scary or hard, like just staying in the, I know my soul was made to do this. Staying in that wonder, staying in that feeling, enjoyment is a big thing for me. With how successful I am, you know, in measuring success in ways that aren't monetary. How much did I laugh today? How much time did I spend outside? Did I try something new? Did I connect with other people? Am I respecting my emotions and body? Like, because maybe I didn't do anything exciting that day, but maybe my body needed rest. And so that is success because that's what, you know, I needed and I respected my body. Is my business in alignment with my authentic self, with that inner goddess? Am I doing my best? And, you know, success really is today. Yeah. The same way we're talking about, you know, enjoying and receiving today, that success we keep putting it out in the future. I will be successful when. Yeah. Yeah. How about you redefine your version of success, detach it from money, you know, exclusively so that it's well, when I do this, when I do that. That's part of being authentic to yourself and that inner goddess. Where are your core values? If you are living in alignment with your core values, then you are being successful. And those core quote, values, my freedom and sharing your spirituality with others, whatever your core values are, if you're living in alignment with those, that's where the success is.
0: Yeah, so beautiful. And I loved the questions that you shared, because I think our listeners can take those questions, even though you've created them for yourself. But I think that they can really take those and apply them in their own life to kind of address because I do think and again, a big point you touched on of like that, the whole respecting your body, did I get outside today? Did I, you know, respect my body in terms of resting? I think, again, that whole, that masculine can drive us to have to get up and do even in the face of us not feeling well. And I love that you've come back to coaching. I know uh, when we met, you know, we met in a program and you were going through a lot within that program and that, you know, the whole rush that we put on ourselves to get things done in a certain period of time. Again, I think it's such a great point that you touched on that. Really, there is no timeline to success. The success is really, really right now in this moment. Are you living that authentic self? Are you living your authentic life? And that you come back to this, you know, that you took a year off and then you came back to it so that people know that they might need a time off too. Maybe they need to step away from their business. Maybe they need to let go for a bit. And exactly, if it's meant to be, you'll gravitate towards back to it. So it's been such a pleasure having you on the show, I'm super excited for our listeners to listen to this episode. Because again, I think it's so important that we talk more about intuition, feminine flow, and really finding that balance in business, right? So being able to strengthen our intuition, tapping into that feminine flow, but also balancing that with the masculine that, you know, the business is. So it's been such a pleasure. Where can people find you?
2: I am on Instagram. And it's my name, J-E-N-N-E-S-H-A-R-P-E. And that's where I'm sharing, you know, all my authentic to me ideas (laughs) about life and the feminine and business. And yeah, you can absolutely come follow me there. There's a freebie there if anyone wants it. I have a goddess jams playlist on Spotify, perfect playlist to, you know, tap into that feminine and feel empowered and get some movement in your body and dance to it let the creativity flow. Yeah, that's where people can find me.
0: Awesome. And we will link those up also in the show notes so that our listeners can quickly link you up on Instagram, get your freebie. I'm going to get your freebie because I love playlists. So that's awesome. But yeah, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Cannot wait for this episode to air. I know this topic is a big one, and it really does take time to reconnect with your sense of being, your body, and that inner trust of just knowing, especially if you're like me and you have forgotten what it's like to tune into your own intuition and really trust it more than anything. If you're somebody who's like me, who has been making decisions basically from that logical mind, that brain, sometimes it's like overthinking ruminating on things like should I do it this way, should I go this way? Should I do this? Instead of like pausing and taking a breath and just really like tuning into your body, that intuition as Jenny discussed. And for me, meditation has been the thing that has really stuck more than anything. I tried journaling, I tried other things, meditation, somatic work, being in your body, moving your body, getting out in nature, putting a feet in the dirt, in the grass, you know, dipping your toes in the lake or the water, throwing your whole body into the water if you want to, you know, walking through the mountains, whatever it might be, walking through the forest, maybe taking just a stroll on your street. Those are the things that have really helped me uh, tune back in to my intuition when I feel like I'm spinning out and I can almost feel it in my body that I'm spinning out. But I can also see it in my outer world, my desk becomes a total mess, my desktop is a total mess. There's things scattered in living rooms and books, places and papers. And that's just how I know that my brain and my mind are overthinking, over processing. And so it's really then dropping back down into your body. And so it is a process an ongoing process of integrating these things into your life. Which is a really great thing for me, the overachiever, the person that constantly was chasing in the past. It really does help strip away that chasing energy, something we chatted about on the last episode. If you haven't tuned into that episode, I highly recommend that you do. You'll understand what I'm talking about in that chasing sort of energy. This type of work of strengthening your intuition and really tapping into your feminine energy has really, really, really helped me kind of scrap this chasing, striving energy, because it's not a one and done thing. It's not like you can just sit on a mat and meditate, you know, for five days, and boom, it's all over. And okay, now I'm just completely grounded. It's something that's constant, because there's going to be life circumstances and things that come in and out of your life that can rock your boat, so to speak. And that is just human experience that is just life in general. And so these sorts of practices aren't meant to be like a a to-do list that you just check one and done. I know now if I'm spinning out, I don't meditate every day, but I try to move my body. I try to get outside. I try to experience some type of silence, whether it's in the morning, sipping my coffee with like no social media, no TV on, nothing like that. That to me is a form of meditation, sitting in a bath form of meditation. It doesn't have to be you having headphones in and listening to guided meditation, because I've heard a lot of people say, well, Catherine, I just can't meditate because my brain is always constantly running and I can't shut it off. And meditation just doesn't work for me. I can't get it right. It's not about getting it right. It's, you know, meditation for me, I thought the same thing. I was like, I can't sit in silence for 15 minutes. There's just no way. And now it just 30 minutes goes by like nothing, right? 45 minutes, an hour can go by like nothing. And so it really is, again, finding practices that work for you, for your life, and that work for you as a human, right? Because journaling never worked for me. Affirmations never worked for me. Vision boarding never worked for me. All of these sorts of things never really worked for me. And so not that they didn't work for me. I just wasn't in alignment. And I don't want you to force these things, find a thing that works for you. And now I also go to the gym four times a week, which is awesome. Yes, I'm surrounded by other people, but in moving my body and I'm moving the energy in my body, which is also a really great thing, especially for a manifesting generally like me. I need to like get that energy out. And so walking around, putting, like I said, my feet in the dirt and dipping my toes in the ocean or the lake or whatever, those are also really great forms of meditation for me. And so again, it's about finding what works for you, knowing that this is an ongoing process, knowing that there's going to be days that you feel maybe scattered, or you're spinning out, or you're, you know, you've lost sort of your way or off off your path. And that's totally normal. It's not about doing meditation, like I said, for five days, and then being like, oh, this, it's done, it's one and done, let's go. It's about knowing when to implement things back into your life, when to take breaks. And now I've gotten really good at that because of what Jenny shared on today's show. So this is a good one. I love it. Please don't forget though to grab Jenny's free Goddess Jam playlist so that you can start moving and grooving in your body. So awesome. Now on episode number 16, I am breaking down how to create an exceptional customer experience and why you should care. I'll be sharing my story and journey of why I think this was the secret sauce for building a highly loyal customer base without having to spend money on ads, positioning us differently from others, and what ultimately led to us selling our brick and mortar. I think this is a really undervalued concept that a lot of business owners don't focus on when it comes to running a business and growing it, because we tend to get hyper fixed on the numbers of clients we have the numbers of sales we're bringing in, the dollar amount in our bank account. Again, we see this so much online with people selling the 10K months, the 30K months, the 50K months. And it's all based and driven in like the sales, the the number of clients, the results people are getting. And all of that is important to some degree. But this to me is one of the biggest Things that can really set you apart is cultivating this exceptional customer experience for your people. Because at the end of the day, then they go on and sell for you. Because if you're merely focused on the numbers, number the results your clients are getting, the number of sales you're bringing in, the number of clients that you've served. Again, you see this all the time: served X amount of clients, sold X amount in sales helped X amount of people do all of these things, which again, are great numbers and metrics to share. But if you're not finding the balance and really focusing on that customer experience as well, or putting the energy into cultivating it, you're going to struggle because your clients are going to feel that and they're going to feel like they're just a number, they're going to feel like they're just you know, a dollar amount in your bank account. And so I'm going to share with you how we did this in our brick and mortar, how I've translated that, that now online into the online business and why this is the thing that effortlessly sells my programs, my services, the wine that I was selling and why it effortlessly has created a returning and revolving sales funnel without having to set up emails, Facebook ads without having to launching every like launching every six or eight weeks or 10 weeks or whatever. I have eliminated the back to back launching, which is amazing. So be sure to tune in to episode number 16. because I'm breaking it down for you. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss it. Cheers.
1: Thanks for listening. We'll see you right back here next time. You can also find us on social media at creativelyowned and online at creativelyowned.com. Until next time, keep showing up as your authentic self.